Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Amen. Look at somebody right now and just tell them, I'm so happy to be in the house of the Lord. We are few today, but mighty. Look at someone tell them, we are few, but mighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to see your faces here today, and good to welcome Mr. and Mrs. Aguirre all the way from Sacramento. Give them a big hand. Thank you for joining us today. Um, a couple of things before I get into the message today, but I wanted to share some prayers or um, um, pray for an individual today. How many know someone that is sick right now in body? Right now, I think we all do know somebody that's facing possible surgery, going through cancer, going through a struggle. So um, I want to pray for Ben, who happens to be Melody and Irene's nephew. And he's been battling uh, a cancer. And how many know that God provides for us even sometimes when we don't even acknowledge it? And this is the case here with this man, this young man. And not only are we going to pray for a complete healing for him, but I want to pray for a, a spiritual awakening in his spirit. Amen? Because what good is it if we're healed in our body, but our spirit isn't right with God? And, you know, that's the absolute truth for all of us. God can heal our body today, take away that vice, take away whatever it is that, that, that has messed us up. But if our hearts and our spirits aren't healed, we're not really saved, are we? We're not, it doesn't do us any good. That's why we are a, a, a creation of body, mind, and spirit. All of us need to be saved. The whole of us need to be saved. So would you stand with me? We're going to pray for Ben we're going to pray for those. If you have someone right now that you know, just raise your hand. Lift them up right now in prayer. So let's go to the Lord right now and pray also for an undisclosed loved one today that I'll be lifting up as well. But let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father God, we just come before you, Lord. You are our Heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us. We are your children we are children of the King, of the Most High. These are your sons and daughters. And we come together right now. We lift up Ben Sturm to you right now. This is your child, your son. And we pray, Father, for a spiritual awakening in his soul. Lord, that you would get a hold of him. Even right now as we are praying that wherever he's at, that, Lord, that he would feel a connection from you to him right in this second. Lord, that he would recognize that you are providing for him, that your favor has been upon him as you're seeing him become healed, Lord, as he continues to receive these treatments from, from the doctors that have provided a healing in his body. We pray, God, that you would open his eyes to the spiritual healing that is also taking place in his spirit. Lord, take care of him, provide comfort and healing, provide strength for him, as well as for every single hand that is raised, every need right now that we are aware of. We pray, God, your healing touch upon them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. God, that you would meet every need in each of these individuals. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. You can be seated. Amen. Um, so uh, the past couple days, I was at a conference in Rockville, Rockville, Rockland, California, and it's the annual men's conference that uh, I've been going to for the last three years, 
And uh, usually there's, you know, 2,000 guys here. This year it was no different. And I just want to show you a short clip of some of that. And uh, this is, again, Friday night and then Saturday all day. If we can get the lights dimmed right now, and we're going to play this short video, so check it out. You're going to walk out free if you want in, if you want in, you're going to walk out That's me recording it as I pan around the audience. There was just a couple of us. You get the gist of what we uh, were experiencing there. And every year when I go to a place like that, you just come back recharged. How many know that you go, go to a place like that? It's like plugging yourself in and receiving all this, this energy from God. But more, more importantly, it's God just re-energizing your spirit, speaking to you, giving you a word of encouragement, giving you a word of, that you need to hear in that moment. It's amazing how there could be 2,000 guys there and God is speaking to me, but he's also speaking to the brother, brother Alvin that I met, who's a missionary in Lebanon, or another person that needed to hear something from God that day. I met so many new people, made so many new friends, but I want to encourage you guys. You guys need to join me on these events because it's a wonderful time in the Lord. Worship is a, a small part of it. And then we hear amazing speakers every single year. So I encourage you, they're going to have it again next year in May. Mark it on your calendars. And let's just uh, have a, a good contingent here from church, and we'll head on out there together. Amen? Amen. Amen. No pressure. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah, that was in Rockland, California, in, at Destiny Church is where we had this conference. It's a big, big church there in Rockland, right off the highway. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll go right into this sermon today. Heavenly Father, we do love you, and we thank you for this time that we have set aside. Each person here today, even those that, that couldn't be with us, that are out of town, Lord, we pray right now that you would give us ears to hear right now, those that are here, that we would be able to hear this word, receive it in our spirits, and Lord, be transformed by it, be renewed in mind by your word. And Lord, we thank you that you do care for us, that you do have a plan and a purpose for each of us. And we love you and we pray right now, Lord, give us understanding for these next few moments from your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So today I want to talk to you about core values Core values. Say that with me. Core values. All of you, whether you recognize that or not, have core values. How many know when I say values, how many know that you were raised in a home that had a certain set of values? 
I'll just share what one of the main speakers said. He was raised in a very strict fundamentalist church, okay? Anybody know what I'm talking about? In a strict fundamentalist church. I know a few of you here. But he said that every night, every night, him and his brother had shared a room. And his mom would come in, knock on the door, and just say, Okay, kids, the wages of sin is death. Good night. And that's what she would tell him every single night. And that's the kind of mentality he grew up with. Now, those were the core values, good or bad, of that family. But all of us were raised with values, some good, some not so good. And uh, here in this church, it's no different. We have values that we want to promote, that we want to make sure you have an understanding of. Amen? And, And so, for example, core values serve as a criteria or standards that we live on, that we agree on. Uh, when you come to this church, there's certain things that you will expect, come to expect, certain things that I come to expect. When somebody comes in through those doors, I expect those greeters to be nice to you and smile to you, uh, smile at you, greet you warmly. And uh, hopefully everyone that has ever walked in through those doors has experienced that. Core values drive behavior and form beliefs. Examples of core values include things like reliability, dependability, loyalty. And as I'm reading these, I'm thinking of my dad. Uh, Loyalty, honesty, commitment, consistency, and efficiency. Right? And when I said that, maybe you thought of somebody right now that that reminded you of. People in satisfying relationships will often say, their partner shares the same values as them, especially as you grow old together. Because what do we know that each of us, we, we complete our sentences, right, Anna? She answers before I even finish, or I can answer before she even finishes. And if you've been married for a, a, a period of time, you will begin to do that, and also because you have the same values. And so once a year, here at Foothill, I teach on this. It's really a teaching of the core values of Foothill Christian Church, the values that represent us as a body of believers. And when I say core values, I'm talking about the DNA of our church, what makes our our church tick. Obviously, it's the Holy Spirit. Obviously, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that we believe in. Amen? But within that, there are values that we as a church want to promote. It's why this church exists. In fact, we are one church, two locations, Napa and then American Canyon. They would teach you the same core values, just so you know. And and so our core values details how and where we are going. So remember, the church was always part of God's plan. Amen? It exists for the glory of God. That's why we have so many different churches Uh, There's a church for every type of believer in the world. Do you know that? Because there are some people that wouldn't feel comfortable in this church. Uh, Some people go to the church just down the block because they feel more comfortable there and, and so forth. But there's churches in this world that will meet every one of your needs. Amen? And ultimately, they're to bring glory to God. The church exists throughout the world so that God could be glorified. 
So getting back to core values, they define who we are and what we are most passionate about. So that's what I want to talk to you about here for the next few moments. You see, every one of us has values. How many would agree with that? That you each have values. There are certain things that you do on a daily basis. There are certain things that you would never do or go back to because you have value now. You have a standard now that you've set. Amen? And so that's what a value is. And these will be the values that we seek to build up and build around. So again, everybody has values. Let me ask you a question right at the outset. What do you value the most in your life? And you don't need to answer that out loud. Just think about that. Little, let that rattle around in your brain. Some of you, it, it'll rattle around for a while. Some of you just rattles around a little bit. But what do you value most in your life? And really, if you, they've taken polls on this, and most people value time first. They value time. Secondly, the second thing that they would say is they value their career or success or money coming in as close seconds. But, you know, that's so twisted. That's, that's the world's definition of what a value is. We all know as believers, God should be our number one value. Amen? God is always the first, then, then our spouse, then our children. That's the umbrella of a believer. It's God first, your spouse, then your children. If you reverse that in any shape or fashion, your life will be mixed up. But when you put God first and your spouse and then your children, everything flows the way it should, the way God designed. Amen. So, again, what we value most demonstrates also how we spend our time and resources. There's some of us that value fishing, and we go on fishing trips. There's some of you that value golf, and you go out golfing. What do you value is what you're going to spend your money on and your time on, your resources, your time, talents, and treasures. And an authentic, everybody say authentic, true value is something that is greater than us. It depends on a truth and a reality that is bigger than us. That's what a true authentic value is. And again, not only do our children need core values, all of our children, just as all, all of you were children at one stage, maybe you, some of you still consider yourself children, but we all had to be taught values. We're still learning values, amen, in the kingdom of God. We're learning. You're never too old to learn. In fact, none of us will have ever arrived and be so mature and so knowledgeable that you can say, I've seen it all. I know it all. No. The only one that could ever say that was Jesus, amen? Jesus was the only perfect and authentic person. So our, how many would agree also that our country needs core values more than ever? It seems that, and I don't get into politics ever, but our country needs values that we can agree on, that we can maybe just walk away and agree to disagree agreeably. Instead of just because I don't agree with you, I hate you. That's the way the world works now. If you don't agree with me, then I hate you. And that's so sad that we're in that place. And that was never God's plan for us. I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew, also known as Levi, he was the tax collector. 
And remember, Jesus called this man out as a tax collector who, who the, the Hebrews, the Israelites at that time, the Jewish people hated tax collectors. These were people that were taking money from their own people and taxing them. And Matthew was one of them. And Jesus called him out from that life and said, come and follow me. And here he is, had his own book, the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew. And here in chapter 7, he wrote these words of Jesus. Verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I'm not a builder, but I'm related to builders. I've built houses, and I know this. If you built, build your house on a foundation, on a steady, firm foundation, it will not fall. It, it'll stand those winds. It may even stand an earthquake or two. But if you don't build it on a rock, it's going to fall. It's, if you don't build it on a foundation, it's going to fall. Amen? So Jesus here is talking about wisdom. He's talking about applying wisdom into our life and, and using it wisely. Jesus, the Bible says, is the rock of our salvation, is the rock of our lives. We can put all of our trust in him. And so I'm using that this afternoon to, under, to get you to understand this. His words, if we apply them to our life, are built on the rock. They're, built, they're filled with wisdom. Amen? How many want, how, how many want wisdom in their lives? I think that would be all of us. Lord, help me to make better decisions. Lord, help me to make wise eating decisions. Help me to make decisions when I go to Walmart and I don't want to end up killing somebody. You know, things like that. Wise decisions. Is that only me or is that everybody else? Okay. So I, I want to go through these few points here this afternoon. Number one, what do values have to do with my life purpose? What do values have to do with my life purpose? Well, the answer is that your values are a moral compass by which are going to help you navigate your life. If, how many agree that you have to have a moral compass? And that moral compass comes from the values that are taught in the Word of God. Because if I go out into this world and ask any unbeliever, what is right and what is wrong? You'll get all kinds of answers, won't you? Some people will say, well, this is okay. Other people will tell you, oh, no, that's definitely not okay, and on and on and on. But the Word of God, how many know, is reliable, trusting, it's, it's worthy, and it's where we can find our moral compass. If you've ever wondered, should I do this? Should I do that? What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? It'll tell you 100% of the time, the Holy Spirit will speak to you through Scripture and point you in the right direction. That's a moral compass by which you can set your life on. Amen? Every one of us need to discover what those timeless and eternal truths are in God's Word. And these become the foundational values that lead us and guide us in our everyday walk. And here's the problem. If you don't have foundational values then you won't have a basis by which to make a decision, a good decision. You'll be making unwise decisions if you don't have foundational values. And I get it. Sometimes in this world, there, there's, we're raised, there's families that are not raised in the right... Maybe you were on the short end of the stick. You didn't have those values taught to you. 
Well, I just want to tell you today, it's not too late. It's never too late, amen? If you're still breathing, it's never too late. See, we can make decisions today that will determine the very direction and destiny of your life. But here's what you got to be careful with. God gives us a warning in the book of James. Book of James chapter 1 and verse 8. And this is the amplified version. It might read different than if you have your Bible here today. But I love the way this brings it out, the clarity here. He says here, being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Being a double-minded man, somebody that can't make up their mind and is constantly flip-flopping. Well, yeah, this is good. No, this is bad. Oh, I don't know what. And, and they're just constantly changing their mind. The wind's blowing them over here today, and the wind's blowing them over here tomorrow. That's a double-minded man. The Bible says that person is, un is unstable in all of their ways, in the way he thinks, feels, or decides. Ladies, that's applying to you as well, not just men. Amen. A double-minded person is unsure of what he stands for. Have you ever asked somebody, what do you stand for? You should be able to answer that, especially if you've been around for more than three decades. You should be able to tell somebody, well, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. I can ask that of any, any sports fan. Well, why do you like the Raiders? They haven't won anything since last century. Um, or I can ask a Laker fan. Or I can ask a Warrior fan, or a Niner fan, or a Giants fan, or a Dodger fan. They're quick to tell you why they follow their team. So why is it that we can't tell somebody why we believe what we believe, our values? All of us have moral values and, and principles that we believe, with, believe on. You see, a double-minded person is unsure of what he stands for. Again, he's blown this way and that way with whatever comes along and without a moral anchor. Have you noticed the world says, oh, that's okay. That's okay. They're not harming anybody. Oh, let them do that. That's okay. They're not harming. Are they hurting you? No, but what does the Word of God say? Again, you know me and this church. We are loving of every person that walks in through these doors. We are loving of any person, any man, woman that walks in through these doors. But again, God wants to love you, but he doesn't want to leave you in the condition you came in. He wants to help you improve your life. Amen? So again, values, we have to have them because they'll lead us and guide us to have and fulfill our purpose in our life. So number two, where do these values come from? Well, unfortunately for most people, their values are shaped by many things. And in the world we live in today, I'm afraid for our younger culture because their values are shaped by TikTok, by um, you name it, Instagram, Facebook, our social media. The values are taught to them by some outside source, and, and they consider those values good. You know, we're bombarded with risque commercials on the Internet, on TV. What, what used to be unbelievable uh, 20 years ago on TV, that's not a problem on, on TV now. Uh, what used to be uh, possibly, you know, just something that would never have been shown on TV 
It's not a problem. Nobody blinks an eye at it now. That means I'm getting old, huh? When, when we see those things, every generation, we, we think, man, my grandparents would be rolling in the grave if they saw that. Uh, how many would agree with me on stuff like that? The things that are out there today, our music is filled with degrading ways to treat each other, especially women. Women, don't let nobody de denigrate you. Let them honor you. Don't let anybody talk beneath you or less of you. Amen? Uh, I mean, there's, there's certain rap, but a lot of rap, all it does is denigrate women. And, and that's what our country, that's what our, those are the values that our young people are listening to. And we wonder why our country and the world is in the mess it's in as far as values. You see, values are determined by the Word of God and not by what the media dictates to each of us. So again, where do values come from? From the Word of God. And number three, values for a purposeful life. You see, the problem with this is if you follow the values of the world, you're going to miss out on God's purpose for your life. How many know that God has a purpose for your life? We can steer off of that. We can go in another direction. But God's purpose didn't change. God's purpose was always the same for you. No matter where your life goes, he still will tell you, hey, come on back. We were headed this way, and you've kind of wandered off. Come on, come on, come on. And he'll bring you back, and he'll put you back on the path that was supposed to be your purpose. How many have seen that in their life? Amen. So again, we have values so that we can live a life filled with purpose. You simply can't live by the world's values and still fulfill God's purpose in your life. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You see, the values of the world are opposed to the values of the life of a believer. They're contrary to each other. The values that come from God bring life and a hope in eternity that we'll get to spend with Him forever and ever. Because see, here's the thing. If the values of God, if you don't agree with them here, you're not going to like them up there. So let's get used to them here. Amen? So our fourth and final one is what are your values? Think about that for a second. When you think about your family, your spouse, maybe your children, what are the values that you have? What, what are you certain that you can say, oh, yeah, we stand for this, and our family stands against that, and that will never be permitted in my house, whatever it is. What are those values, and how do they guide your life? Are they guiding your children's life? But first, here's the thing. Let's settle the big question. Choose between Christ, his values, and the world's values. It has to start there. Whose values are you going to follow first? Are you going to follow his values? Or are you going to allow the world's values to influence you? Because the bottom line is this. If you're not setting the values in your home, guess who's going to do it? The world will. TV will. Social media will. The movies will. They'll fill and teach your children values. So that was part of my sermon. The rest of this, I want to spend on looking at that handout that you got, the big page. 
Let's, let's pull out that big page if you have that. So I want to just go through these real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these because you know these. But I want to take a look at the very first one, which is we are biblically based. These are the core values of Foothill Christian. We believe practical, relevant teaching is the catalyst for transformation in an individual's lives. Scripture is inspired by God, completely accurate, and our authority regarding Christian beliefs and the guide for Christian living. It's not what Pastor Rick thinks. It's not what Pastor Steve thinks in Napa. It's not what Pastor Alan feels here at Open Door Church in the morning service, which we were at this morning as my, my daughters led worship here. Um, but it's about what the Bible teaches. What does the Bible teach about, about values, about um, our belief system? So that's where we get it from. We're biblically based. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17 state, all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture. And I looked it up in the Greek, and the word all means all. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God, everybody say, that's me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God doesn't want you to fail. He wants to give you the tools you need to succeed in your purpose. That's why he's given us his word. It's not just a bunch of commandments and do's and don'ts. This is about your life, how to live a life, how to have God's favor on your life. How many want to have God's favor on your life? God's blessing. It's a huge thing. Secondly, again, core beliefs. We will have an atmosphere of acceptance. I don't care if it's the homeless guy that walks in from under the bridge that smells and you don't want, you can't stand to be around him because he smells, or if it's somebody that you may not agree with their lifestyle. This is an atmosphere of acceptance. We accept them. Why? Because Jesus did. Jesus accepted every single person that came in through the doors. We believe all people matter to God and ought to matter to the church. We want everyone to experience God's grace and love. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then our third one. I really believe this should be the first one listed, but prayer. Nothing gets done in the kingdom of God without prayer. Prayer is the most important thing you and I can do every day. Prayer. We believe prayer is about inviting God. Inviting God into our situation, into our challenges, into our problems. The value of prayer is that it keeps us in touch with God. If we can have this kind of relationship, a horizontal relationship with each other, that's great. But the most important relationship you and I will ever have is this one, the vertical relationship, you and God. You must and you have to set aside time to be alone with God. At some point, every day, you need to set aside time alone with God, whether it's in your car, on the way to work, or whether it's in your bedroom, whether it's in the kitchen, somewhere you have to get alone with God and just let him know, hey, I'm right here, Lord. It's me. 
yeah, I feel this way, I feel that way. Or just tell them, Lord, you're so beautiful, so wonderful. I just want to let you know how much you've transformed my life, and I'm so thankful for what you've done in my life. And on and on and on. That's communion, you and God, amen? So prayer is communion. Prayer is just simply talking to God. Many of us think if you were, if you were raised this way that it's just saying a certain prayer, a, a prayer that you memorized. That's great, but that's not what prayer is. Prayer is you and God talking about your situation with Him and then allowing Him to speak to you. It means just quieting down. Let Him and listen. And what is God telling you in your spirit? What is he saying to you? Is he saying, my beloved, I love you. I'm proud of you. You've done a great work. You're my child. You're my daughter. You're my son. What is he telling you? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, Jesus said, For your father knows the, th the things you have need of before you ask him. It's not a surprise to God of what you're asking him. And then another core value is inspiring worship. We look for God's love in our lives as the evidence that we have been truly worshiping Him. We celebrate together with music, with teaching and prayer. I love that my daughters do worship up here and to see them grow these last few years in worship. Uh, I know it pleases not only me and, and Anna as biological parents, but it pleases our Heavenly Father. Amen? And so John chapter 13 verse 35 says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that's what worship will, call, will draw you in to his love, to help you love one another. I'm not here to judge you. God is your judge. Nobody here is here to judge you. That's God's job. And worship draws us into that so that we can love one another. Amen? I didn't hear you loud enough. Amen? Amen. And then uh, the other core value we have is discipleship. We believe that full devotion to Christ and his cause is normal for every believer. What do I mean by discipleship? Discipleship. Well, disciples, we all know what that one was. Those were the disciples that followed Jesus. A disciple is someone that follows the teachings of Christ. How many want to follow the teachings of Christ? I think we all do, right? We all see the wisdom in that. And so here, we want to help you to be a better disciple of Christ. We want to encourage you in your purpose in life. We want to encourage and pray for you. It's so important to be together in a church because that's where you grow. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. It just doesn't work. Yeah, you can still be a Christian out there all by yourself. But you and I need one another. We're stronger together. A link, I'm talking about a chain, is of no value by itself. But a link to another link, to another link, to another link is extremely powerful. Amen? And that's the way the body of Christ works. And that's the process of becoming a disciple. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9 and verse 23 says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Discipleship often is sacrifice, is saying no to the flesh 
saying no to that chocolate cake, saying no to that buttercream cheese datas. That's a butter. That's a bakery in Napa. If you didn't know that, um, whatever it is that you have to say no to, sometimes it's a sacrifice. But how many know that the more times you say no to that, the easier it becomes to say yes, Lord, I'll do Your will, and I'll pass up on that. Amen. So that's part of growing as a disciple. Another core value is children's ministry. And that's funny. Today we didn't have any children, but that's okay. Uh, Anna usually teaches our kids, uh, kids' church in the other room in there. But we believe ministries to children should be given high priority. We're committed to making Foothill a place for reaching, encouraging, and developing our children in our community. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, let me just say this. It doesn't mean that if you were raised in church, it doesn't mean that you'll never uh, depart. You'll never leave church. Oh, yeah, sometimes people come and sometimes people go. But the scriptures will always be in here. When they look in the mirror, they're reminded of what the Lord said at one, one point. Amen? So train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we're almost done here. Then we have small groups. We have our Wednesday night Bible study, which is via Zoom right now at 7 o'clock. Anybody wants that link, they could hook up with our Bible study. Uh, we have women's small group, men's small group. Uh, Anna and the ladies, they, they're constantly texting and in group chats, and they're praying for different needs. If you want to get on that list, just let her know. Give her your number, and it, it, it's just a group chat. So if there's ever a prayer need, reach out. Men, same thing. Uh, between my brother and I and Garland and Gregory, I mean, we've got some people in here that will encourage you, that will lift you up. I get calls all the time at work when I'm at work. Pastor Rick, can you pray for this? Pastor Rick, can you pray for that? And I always take time to answer them because I know it's important. They wouldn't be calling me if it wasn't important. And I want to make sure you know that I will take the time to pray for you. Amen? And so small groups, men connecting with each other, women connecting with each other, young people connecting with each other. And we need additional small groups. If you want to lead a small group of any type, just let my wife or I know. And, and you guys can run with that. I want to see a, a hog ministry in here talking about a Harley-Davidson ministry. Uh, uh, whatever it is, there's a few people in here that, that drive some hogs, huh? Uh, I want to see whatever it is, fill in the blank. Let's have a blessing of the bikes one of these days. Get your friends together. Bring them over here. Come on a Sunday and we'll bless the bikes. God's favor, protection upon you guys on the road. That's important, amen? You guys work that out. Let me know. All right. And then lastly as well, let me read the scripture for small groups. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another just as you are doing. That is the reason why small groups exist, to build up each other. And then lastly, as I close, and I'm going to talk about this further. We have growth track 3 after church here today, if anybody wants to do that, if they've never taken our growth track three, which is for leadership, it's going to take 20 minutes, 25 minutes. We have some food over there for you if you want to join us. But um, equipping leaders, 
we want to equip every one of you here to be a leader, to become a leader in church, in ministry, uh, to become confident of your abilities. How many know that God has gifted each of you with a talent? Right now, I'm looking at people that know how to cook right there, right there. Yeah, I'm looking at people that know how to worship on a guitar right there. Uh, All these people, when you combine them together, I'm looking at fabricators, nurses in our building here, um, teachers, people that work in the school district. Each of you have a gifting, but yet you can use that gifting in ministry here as a leader. Who's qualified to be a leader? We'll talk about that over there. So come and join us if you want to take growth track number three. Um, We believe enabling people to discover and develop their gifts is God's strategy for changing the world. How do we change it? One person at a time. It starts with you and me and you and me and you and each of us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The body of Christ to be built up, to be encouraged to be lifted up. We don't want to see you down and out. If we do, we want to put our arms around you and say, what's going on? How can I pray for you? Um, Maybe you're not doing what you should be doing. Maybe you're not even doing anything, and there's something that you could fulfill in this church. Where do we need help? We can always use help in worship. We can use help right here, sound and media. You can always volunteer to help greet people. Maybe you want to bring some food in. Uh, By the way, we're having a potluck next week. You don't want to miss it. Show up. We want to have a potluck here. So don't miss that. So question for you as we close today. Will you embrace the core values God has given us for this church? And will you join us in this work? Those core values I just went over Will you agree to come on board and say, I take ownership of those values. I want those same values to be mine and to help us join in this church to promote those values. Again, do you see a newcomer? Reach out to them. And not this fake transparency of being nice because I see all of you. You're nice to them when they come in. You're nice to them when they leave and you greet them. You love on them. That's what we do, amen? The, how many were received like that? Well, everybody except Bill can probably raise their hand on this one. Um, but how many were received like that in love? Raise your hand if that was you. Somebody said hi to you when you came in. Or somebody greeted you. Somebody prayed with you. Somebody accepted you. And they didn't know you. But you felt loved and accepted right away. That's the way the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to operate, Amen. Stand with me this afternoon as we close. Remember, it is God's will. It is God's will for every life, for every person to be saved and be baptized. Where are you along that journey? Where are you? If you want to get baptized, let me know. We have a baptismal tank right over here. We just roll that out. And we baptize people out here on the lawn. All of you, as you saw these values, I just want you to come on board and just say, Pastor Rick, 
uh, I'm behind you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'll do my part. If you, if, you wanna, if you agree with that, just raise your hand today. Just say, I'll do my part. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to close this afternoon with a song that Bianca has on her heart today. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.